Hello and welcome to Death of a Thousand Cuts Couch to 80k Writing Bootcamp Week 4 Day 3. I'm Tim Clare, your wizened, wildly gesticulating guide through the swamplands of fiction writing on our way towards the final assault on the bleak mountain fastness of Castle Finished Novel. So you've come up with some memories with strong sensory components. You've picked one and you've fleshed it out into a first-person scene. That might have been straightforward for you, it might have felt like pulling teeth. Personally, I always feel a bit self-conscious writing autobiographical bits, which probably sounds weird since my first book was a memoir and I've been going on stage for years habitually recounting intimate and mundane details of my life. I think it might be because... I'm conscious when I'm writing from life that there are other real people involved. That's something you don't have to worry about when you're just making shit up. You're not going to bump into your characters at a family wedding and have an awkward conversation about what you wrote about them. You don't have to feel guilty that you're telling someone else's story. And there's something about giving a piece the seriousness of actual prose fiction that can sometimes feel a bit ridiculous, right? It's like, I don't think twice about having a conversation with mates and we talk about stuff we used to get up to as kids I'm not like oh god do I have the right to share these stories but when you make it into something resembling an attempt at art it can feel like you're trying to puff it up to give it this false significance it can make you feel like you're being a show-off it can make you feel exposed because you're sharing something from your real life and if people hate that they hate you right they hate your actual life and maybe you got into fiction to get away from being you believe it or not I don't actually want to read or write about myself. Stories are one of the only ways to step out of ourselves into other bodies and times. I got into writing because, you know, I was <laughs> I was a bullied nerd and stories were this magical place that I could go to where it didn't feel like I, I could imagine what it was like to not be like that. And so you keep coming back to your own life. And, 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 and when we do that, it just sometimes you feel like this was not what I signed up to. But, and you knew there would be a but, I think it's important. And beyond that initial discomfort, there can be a real journey to be had. As, as wanky and uh, silly, you know, talking about, I'm on a real journey, man. I didn't commit to that accent at all, did I? But I do think there's a real journey to be had. You know, and this is the, you know, a lot of doing this podcast and having to talk to you about these things, I have to come up against my own insecurities and my own discomfort around stuff, right? Like, I, I know that writing autobiographic all fiction is a journey. I know it can be difficult. And I still feel awkward and weird about admitting that and saying it out loud because there's a voice in my head and it might be to do with being British uh it might be to do with all sorts of things we can I don't know what it is but just feeling like it's ridiculous and there's something almost shameful about having ha having the cheek to write about your own life having the gall to write about something as if it was so important that anyone else would give a shit, right? Because, look, I just think, the, and part of the journey is, right, like, beyond... You, you look at the stories you take for granted in your life, that you've known all your life, but you take for granted because they're yours, because they've always been there, and, and you try a different perspective. You, and you look at these big or little moments in your life. The most mundane, tiny details can spiral out into incredibly intimate pictures of what it is to be alive and I think that's pretty 
flipping profound, if you don't mind my saying so. You know, we lived through a series of these tiny, unassuming moments. Your your mum bringing you hot buttered toast cut into soldiers when you're home from school ill. The little hill on Wasteland around the back of your house that you used to use as a base or a pirate island when you played games as a child. It's, it's easy to think, who gives a shit? Everyone has stories like these. But that is exactly why people will relate to them. Seeing actual recognisable life as lived, that can be a profound shock. So much fiction is not really to do with life it doesn't really represent the life that we actually live that when we're faced with it in an actual book it can be stunning just to see real life presented it can it can be profoundly disorienting um and and actually (laughs) and that of course is, is why we need a range of voices in fiction that's why we need diversity so we don't just have to be blunt, people like me presenting my own memories and my own version of life as the no- as the norm, right? You know, to, we want to explode that idea of open quotes, normal, close quotes. So, and we want to valorise the everyday as an antidote to all the competitive crap about who has the most power, the most money, who wins the most awards, who gets the most attention. You know, I love the hero's journey style stories. I love heroic fantasy as uh, as much as the next uh, white middle class bearded nerdy guy. But it but there are other stories, and we need all of them. And too much of one kind of thing is represented at the moment. And if 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 you don't think your life is important enough to write down in fiction, I'm here to say, to, or, or in autobiography, I'm here to say to you, um, think again think again because it's because it might be i think you would be surprised i think there's something beautiful seriously i'm sorry i'm kind of going on about it but i genuinely speaking from the heart now i genuinely think there is something amazing and profound and beautiful about having the courage to just write about your life as it was as it is and turn to other human beings and say this is what it was like to be me to be us. Being a human is fucking weird and I don't think we have to be embarrassed about sitting down sometimes and saying, what on earth is going on? Hello, this is what I'm up to. I think that's all right. And certainly, certainly don't feel ashamed about experimenting with it. And look, sometimes if you feel embarrassed about falling into certain types of stylistic traps, the best strategy is to tackle that fear head on. Immersion therapy. Just like you dealt with uh, your fear of failure by embracing free rights and deliberately writing semi-literate nonsense in those automatic writing things where it was unfair and you had a time limit and we just went, go! And you didn't die! You didn't die from... Di- well, I'm obviously this would be... Uh, you wouldn't be hearing me now, so I think I can safely say those people who did die from the process uh, won't be offended now. Um, look, but you, you can deal with your fear of writing florid, self-important nonsense by leaning into it as hard as you can. 
Ooh, I think I feel an exercise coming on. Okay, so today you're going to take yesterday's scene and you're going to rewrite it. Only this is no longer first-person autobiography. This is fiction. It's actually from a novel, a lyrical, deeply important work of artistic brilliance as it goes. You'll have to give the novel a name, of course. Something literary and enigmatic, yet richly evocative. I'm thinking something along the lines of Shades of November, or The Godless Pilgrim, or Drowning in Mist. Perhaps you can take something from the scene and uh, use that as a leitmotif in the uh, title. Um, and you'll have to give the novel an author. I mean, you wouldn't be so gauche as to write about yourself now, would you? Um, you might pick a suitable name from the list you wrote on week one, day one, or you might come up with a uh, appropriate nom de plume yourself, perhaps. A.C. Jericho, or Delarian Noblewind, or simply Moondove. Anything you like. Now, this scene is going to be in the third person. It's going to be a climactic scene, though, of course, all the scenes in the, this book are climactic scenes. And I want you to pump it full of emotion and rich lyrical description and metaphors and similes. Everything you can. Everything, and I mean everything in the scene, is pregnant with meaning. The chair is uh, soaked in ruby grief, the kinder egg yields beneath the hero's thumb like so many childhood dreams, revealing the hollowness within. You get the idea. Um, to give you a bit more of an idea of the level of stylistic saturation we're looking for, I'd like to read you the opening of Amanda McKittrick Ross's novel, Irene Iddlesley. Sympathise with me indeed. Ah, no. Cast your sympathy on the chill waves of troubled waters. Fling it on the oases of futurity. Dash it against the rock of gossip. Or, better still, allow it to remain within the false and faithless bosom of buried scorn. Such were a few remarks of Irene as she paced the beach of limited freedom, alone and unprotected. Sympathy can wound the breast of trodden patience. It hath no rival to ensure the feelings we possess, save that of sorrow. The gloomy mansion stands firmly within the ivy-covered, stoutly built walls of dun fern, vast in proportion and magnificent in display. It has been built over three hundred years, and its structure stands respectably distant from modern advancement, and in some degrees it could boast of architectural designs rarely, if ever, attempted since its construction. Beautiful, however, as Dunfern Mansion may seem to the anxious eye of the beholder, yet it is not altogether free from mystery. Whilst many of its rooms, with walls of crystal, are gorgeously and profusely furnished, others are locked incessantly against the foot of the cautious intruder, having in them only a few traditional relics of no material consequence whatsoever, or even interest to any outside the ancestral line of its occupants. It has often been the chief subject of comment amongst the few distinguished visitors welcomed within its spacious apartments, why seemingly the finest rooms the mansion owned were always shut against their eager and scrutinising gaze, or why, when referred to by any of them, the matter was always treated with silence. 
I've written a blog about Amanda McKittrick Ross and her distinctive body of self-published work, which you can go and read on my website, timclairpoet.co.uk, if you want to know more. But for now, that is the register that you're going to pump your scene up towards. Third person and dripping with linguistic flourishes that convey to the reader just how deeply important and artistic you and your story are. So don't forget, we need a title for this masterpiece and we also need a named author because you are not the one writing it, they are. As always, I'm giving you ten minutes to get that underway. Are you ready? Go.
And that's it. I hope that was an interesting exercise for you. How did it come out? Was it harder or easier than yesterday? Did any bits come out particularly well? Are there any sentences that you're secretly quite pleased with, despite your best efforts to horribly overwrite? I'm aware that if your memory was a sad or poignant one, deliberately writing it as a piss-takey melodrama might feel like you're being disrespectful. It might seem like I'm being a bit disrespectful, more to the point. If any of these exercises bring up difficult feelings, as I fully suspect they might, that is normal. And if, more importantly, you start feeling a bit overwhelmed, please do take the time to chat to a friend, go take a day off, be super, super kind to yourself and give those feelings space to percolate. It's important to engage with powerful emotions as a writer, but you don't have to prove anything by powering through when you really need to take a little time to feel what you're feeling. However today went, and however it felt to adapt that new persona and see your own life in a different way, I hope it's given you something to think about. Uh, We're going to continue this process tomorrow. Um, Well done, sincerely well done for turning up again and honouring your writing life. You're doing frigging brilliantly and I'm super proud of you. Nice work. I'll see you tomorrow.